What's up, everyone? It's your boy Grizz. I'm here with my boy Sleep. We are here with the Thrash Talk Podcast with another episode. Uh, this week we've got a rad guest. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Sleep, tell them who we've got. A, a freaking legend, a freaking legend in the skate game, uh, a legend in all action sports, man. I'm stoked that we had Bob Burnquist on the show this week with us, man. Uh, Bob is a household name, right? Uh, the first household name on uh, the Thrash Talk podcast. So we were stoked to get with him. Bob has 30 X Games medals. Of those 14 were gold. Just crushing it, man. Not many people with more more medals than that, dude. Uh, he is a, a business owner, runs his own skate company, Burn Kit. He's a philanthropist, has his own nonprofit. We get through all of that during this show. Uh, was a fun one, Grizz, man. Yeah, I had a blast. We actually went down a road I didn't anticipate going down with Bob. And that was... A good portion of the talk, actually, which I think everyone's going to be able to resonate with, enjoy, and pull some stuff from. Smash that subscribe button. That's what they say. That's what all the kid YouTubers say. Smash that subscribe button in three, two, one. We got Rob Burnquist for you, y'all. Have a good one. Let's go. You. Um. Hey, I, I sent a board to you yesterday. I mailed you one of these over here. These sassy boards to your. Uh, to your oh, sweet. To yeah. California resident. So I'll get it when I when I. Yeah, when I get to Cali, I was going in December. I might just go in January now, but like, yeah, thanks for that. For sure, man. How often do you travel back and forth? Like, are you? Uh, is it just kind of you're you're gone with the wind? What whatever uh, whatever you're feeling that, at that time, or do you have like a, a structured plan to travel? Well, no. I mean, I got you know, I got two older uh, daughters, but like three, you know, and then two dogs, and you know, so that just kind of doesn't really there's a base, you know, and then whatever the base is right now, the base is in Rio de Janeiro. And then we just kind of move around or we go to Sao Paulo. And then I travel out. I was in Florida last for the Tampa thing, the Tampa skate park thing, the Tampa am, and then came back and then I'll probably go to Cali next month. So I try to like, I try to move around. Obviously I stayed, you know, at dreamland a lot more in the past, which I miss, uh, but uh, it's going to turn back on, but I go back and forth. Lots going on. That's sick. That's sick. Do do you have like a preferred airline? Like, are you are you like strictly one airline, or do you have status with someone that you just refuse to give up, or are you just like I'm just gonna grab like the best ticket for the best price at the best time? <laughs> well, it's a mix. I mean, I'm I, I've you know been traveling for a long time, and I and for a, a while uh, I did like uh, Korean Airlines was like a big like Sao Paulo. LAX, you know, I did that for years and then they were done with that route. Um, and then I jumped on United and a lot of the local flights and contests and just kind of stayed on United. So I just, I would just say, Hey, if you, I have miles on United, but you know, whatever flight you get. So if they can do it, then they'll do it. And if not, then I'll take whatever, if it's being paid for, you know, I just try to say, if you can get United cool, but you know, um, yeah, I should do it more. I should be more like, <clears throat> it has to be United, you know, but it's like, you know, not everyone's on that tip or sometimes the fares like high you know and then, yeah. then throw me on whatever yeah i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> i'm like full united uh so i com i compete on the u.s paris snowboard team so you know u.s snowboarding uh -huh. they're sponsored by united but team usa is sponsored by delta so uh, for a while, like they were like pretty adamant that we use delta and i fly in and out of aspen all the time and delta has got not the greatest flight 
strategy in and out of here. So I was like, yeah. you guys got to kind of just stick with United if that's okay. And I'm a stickler though. I'm like, I, I would rather keep miles and status with one airline so that it's just kind of seamless for me. So I'm not trying to figure out everyone's baggage policy and like, if I can get an upgrade on a 10 hour No, it's flight. definitely easier if you have it. Yeah. 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 Definitely easier. There's definitely there's a strategy for you so you don't upset the sponsor or you kind of stoke them out. Is take stickers. Oh yeah. You run your little stories. Just put the sticker on the thing and just run the story like yeah. yeah like Delta. Who cares? Just laugh about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're not, but you're getting mileage on United. <laughs> I'm into it. Man, I love it. Yeah, Korean Airlines is pretty sick as well. I was uh, I was in the the U.S. military for a while and and did some time over in Korea. I probably made. Um, nine or 10 flights back and forth from the States and always looking for Korean airlines for sure. I did some time in Guam as well. Uh, so it would be Korean airlines through Seoul down to Guam from uh, San Fran or something. It was a, a great airline for sure. So I love that, uh, that, that, I mean, to, to Brazil, man, that's perfect from LA. Let's do it. Yeah, it was, it was wild days because back then, you know, when I was, when I was doing it, like, uh, it was smoking like there was like a smoking section and then a not like on Korean airlines and like dude they were like chain smokers no way. constantly the guy behind like oh yeah you're like on the smoking section i'm like dude the whole plane is a smoking section there's no you know and then just one after the other i would like it was it was so bad you become it was crazy a smoker i mean afterwards. it's insane that no and it's insane that that was even allowed you know it's such a trip that that was the thing but yeah dude the whole lot the whole airline but i remember korea the the, the Koreans love to smoke. And then think about it. They're going to, so it was like Sao Paulo, LA, and then LA, Seoul or something. And it was like just such a long, you know, trek and they could smoke. Oh my God. It was nuts. <laughs> I mean, it still blows so my mind. It's not like that anymore. I know, right? Like it still blows my <laughs> mind when I get on an older plane and there's still like the bolted down ashtrays. The cigarette yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you think about it. You're like, holy shit. People were actually smoking on here at one point, recirculating the air, pressurized give, cabin. Yeah. Flame. I'll give you the ashtray. <laughs> Don't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a wrapper holder, you know, for your whatever treats you've got. Totally. You know? That was restaurants oh, sure. too growing up. Restaurants. I remember we had a Perkins by us. It was kind of like a Denny's or something like that. And they had like a half wall running through the restaurant, a half wall that was like the smoking side and the non-smoking side. But it wasn't like yeah. they were completely separated. It was a half wall. You know, let's just make the whole place smoking and let's just call it that because that's what it is. Well, that's what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it is, you know. Just call it what <laughs> it is. Do it or don't. Yeah. 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 Wyoming, I think you can still smoke in some restaurants, <laughs> to be honest. Like, they, you know, tobacco industry is strong wow. in Wyoming. And uh, I... When I, I lived there in like 2006 or something like that, and there was still smoking in non-smoking sections. I don't know how it is now, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, they also have drive-through liquor stores. So, that, that's what we had in Pennsylvania. We had drive-through yeah, liquor dude. stores. Those were the best. <laughs> I had family in Wyoming. I'd go to Rollins, and like uh, my dad's side, and my um, cousins, and uh, they, they they still live out there. Uh, and, and I would go out there and I remember like back in like 92 went up on this little hill my cousin John he was like dude you gotta try you know snowboard did that and then and then we, we like some kind of hill out there mm -hmm. which was a trip but yeah I had a snowboarding experience early early I can't in Wyoming I can't remember the name of the the hill but I I'm pretty sure I've been to that spot um 
my my it was like one spot yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like three three runs like two lifts or something like that and you get pretty wild they're pretty loose on on rules they're just like yeah there's a fence there we'd prefer if you like stayed on this side of it but like if you want to jump over it and have at it like send it you know the, hey there's a marketing campaign because then you'll go back and you'll travel and you'd be like dude go there because you can do whatever you pretty want. much right that's a good one <laughs> nice Hey, I have a question that's kind of along along these lines, you know, how times have changed, you know, alcohol, cigarettes and and sponsorships, um, you know, the Marlboro Man, Camel cigarettes everywhere, you know, skateboarding in in, in the 90s and early 2000s. Was there any, you know, tobacco sponsors or, or anything like that that you saw around? Did you have any um, and, you know, did they fade out? Kind of what what was that like? You know, what they did is they used the image of like, you know, snowboarding, surfing, and it's cool, and da da da. And then you got a cigarette, and it's like the opposite of what it is. It's like straight venom, you know. And, and there was, it was happening in Formula One and, and some of the, you know, the other sports. Thank God that in skateboarding, you're small enough and that that wasn't going around. And I, you know, that, that would, I'd be hard pressed to get one of those. So that'd be a hard one. It's hard enough to even like, you know, you look at alcohol. Uh, and you know, and then you look at like energy drinks, just as bad, man. All that stuff is just really, really, you know, hard on your body. And it's the opposite of what you need. If you're going top level, most people that have energy drink sponsors don't drink it. You know, they got the water bottles and they got the, you know, water inside. So it's always the health part is like, to me is big. You know, I try to I try to stay within, you know, those lines as much as I can. I had alcohol sponsored for a little bit. Then I went to like zero. I like like just zero alcohol, like you know, whatever, like promote the Heineken zero. Sure. Or whatever, yeah. right? so, Or the, you know, or the Corona zero. They got all these, you know, zero. Because it's like, you know, if you're not into drinking and you have a beer, take the peer pressure off for one when people are like, oh, you're not drinking. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like if you don't want to drink. I think it's a good, you know, in that sense, it's like, yeah, because the less alcohol you have, the better, you know, zero would be ultimate, you know, so for, for the full potential of, of what you are, you know, so it's like that that's when it sponsors come in. I, I've always tried to think that way, especially when the, my daughters were young and, you know, and they were looking at what I was promoting. And if I promote something and then she wants to have it, I'm like, no, you can't have that. She's like, well on the commercial you said it was cool. you know <laughs> you know so it's like it's I, I i try not to detach what i say as an ad or who i you know attach myself to unless it's like a legit connection because a it's easier to to you know, represent it um and uh and, and and then you know it's just like the the, the pillow's softer yeah you know? yeah <laughs> so. and when you're you're proud to represent it too you know like that's something that i totally. think about is like would i actually utilize this this product outside of making money if the answer is no then generally i kind of stay away from it altogether um we're at it it has to really be worth it you know yeah. and it's like really hard to uh, you know yeah it better pay it's be like, paying big bucks oh, right? man that's a hard one <laughs> there's a number you know but at the same time it's like but even when that number comes there's the the second part which weighs heavier which is your conscious and that's like the way in of like surviving you know and you know you know moral i mean if you if you can afford it it'd be best to stay away from it <laughs> and if you're surviving and you're coming out of the 
communities and no one's supporting and you get an energy drink sponsor i mean it's like dude power in and go you know like you know and and make it happen i i usually when i talk about this it's it's like ah, oh, well it's easier bob because you can it's like no i mean i choose to because i i i, I can and there were times where I should, you know, because, you know, I take the hit financially, but I didn't, you know, because it wasn't like, you know, it's, I'm still surviving. It's not like I'm like zero. And then if I have the sponsor, I don't eat. Right. right? So if, you, if it'd be like that, but any extra stuff that you go out and work on it, plus it's your time, it's your energy. It's going to take, you know, whatever the photos, the, the interviews and all the events and all the people and all the kids looking up and saying, hey, this is great. And you're like, no, don't. You yeah. Do yeah. You kind of <laughs> got to be like, on both sides of the that. coin at times. Right. Hey, you know, yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, I tell the younger athletes because I'm a little bit older in my career. I tell, you know, make the money where you can, when you can. But once you're to a certain point, you know it's time to like actually start looking at the bigger picture. And, you know, I don't drink, I've been, uh, off booze for almost nine years this December. And that's awesome. You know, yeah, I, it's one of the best decisions of my entire life. Like I wouldn't, I don't think I would still be competing in snowboarding if, if I was still drinking, honestly, I mean, one, you make bad decisions sure. nightly and that can affect the next day, both hangover and who knows, you're like, oh, I'm going to backflip off this deck right now, like for no reason other than to be like, let's do it. Let's, let's send it, you know? And like, next thing you know, you twist your ankle or break a wrist or something stupid, just, just because you were kind of out of your mind a little bit. So, you know, I, how, how long have you been, you, you don't drink at all or I haven't. I I do that. Uh, I don't drink anymore, but I don't drink any less. <laughs> no, a joke, but like, no, I don't drink. I haven't. I haven't like in like four months, you know. And I I I went vegan in like three years, and then I just kind of started like kind of testing it out. And then I was like, oh, let me just cut, you know, the alcohol to see, you know. And then because that's, if you're always thinking about like how to make it a better, you know, thing, then. You know, I was looking at alcohol and then you can look at the other consumption stuff, sugar. I still like, you know, that. So I try to stay away. But like, you know, as long as you're aware of what's going on, you know, and the, the least amount possible. But alcohol, I went like dry for like uh, four months. Dude, congrats. So how do you feel? Just how yeah, do you it feel? feels yeah. good. No, no, it, it feels great. I mean, as 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 usual, you know, and even like doing the vegan thing like every now and then you call it dirty vegan right because it's not religious or anything but like no meat no no uh, uh milk or cheese or stuff like that because it's just like i'm asthmatic and i've always been asthmatic since i was young so all that stuff like super inflammation and mucus creating and all this stuff so and then getting hurt then you know roll an ankle you don't you know don't swell as much if you're eating cheese and and you know and and drinking milk and all this stuff you're and you're icing your ankle I mean, it's like take the inflammation out of the food you eat because a lot of it is there, right. you know, and then once you do that, then you work on all the other stuff. And then you so there's all these steps. So I try to look at all those and and now, you know, and now I'm at that, you know, and it feels good. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was that's one of my big things is like I just feel better. I know like. I can go out every morning and do what I want versus like, again, being hungover or like on the mental side, like the shame over when I, like when I used to drink, I was a wild boy. So like, you know, uh, sure. you know, the, the homies being like, bro, you, you, bro, we need to talk about last night. And they're like, you did this. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And they're like, you did this. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And then they show me a video and I'm you know, like, shit, I did do that. You know? Yeah. That, th that side of alcohol, which, you know, tends to go to the spiritual side, which is another big reason to stop, 
is I don't you know in whatever conviction conviction or whatever you uh, people believe in, um, but there are the uh, there's the other side you know and there are the people I mean we're uh, you know we don't there's no death right it's just with the transition and you know we stick around right so it's like until we're born again I that's my you know view and then as you're cycling through and you you die because you know drunk you still want the drink if you're stuck and you're still there so there's all this like connection and, and attachment of, of other spirits that want to drink and then it creates this whole thing and what happens is like as you you know alcohol is like you know why do you use alcohol to distill you know extract stuff out of plants right it's, it's an extracting thing so you you extract yourself like you're extracting you your you know energy and it just opens up big time to any kind of like attack and 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 thought and process and you just get stuck in this thing and you let go and you don't remember anything so the next day it's like well something took over someone you know influence and you just you were you weren't there you were extracted from you you right and then now you gave permit you gave permission you know for all that so it's a good call for for putting that to an end yeah I, i like the way you put that do like when you're talking about you know death you know if you if you die drunk or something like that do you think that carries over into the next realm or world or life or you know and you're just kind of destined to make the same mistakes until you learn that lesson well i mean i believe that you know there is no change abruptly just as in your living your life and it takes a few years for this like you know change so you're gonna go like let's say you 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 go to sleep today and you wake up uh and you just completely stop wanting what you want you know like you're a creature of habit and your progress is is you know incremental and, and that happens in the same way so like let's say you, now you're detached and you're gone and you're and you're you're dead you're still you because you still have to progress you know the lesson continues and, and it's still like it's not like you magically transform into this angelic thing or a demonic thing it's just like you're you you know now figured out what you what'd you do you know, what'd you do with this life that was given you da, 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 and, and you and the interactions with people and what, you know, that's the measure, you know, and then it's like, OK, well, I'm addicted to cocaine. I'm drunk, you know, or whatever. And, and, and now the next day you're just attached to uh, materialism because of what your your vices, you know, and your chemical and your connection, you know, in your body and your, you know, and all this stuff. It's like if you don't have this spiritual education and view during your life when that transition happens it's going to be very intense and and dense and 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 then what you're going to look for is like well you know you're not going to let go of here and people and houses and cars and things you know and drugs and alcohol so you look at uh, you go around wherever that is and you live that through those connections and 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 you know uh, but yeah, it's, you know, and it's a gradual, uh, learning, you know, curve. Right, so right. you're going to have to let go of it. I want to do a total show with you, Bob, on, on this theory, you because, <laughs> uh, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to do it right now, but I, you know, I definitely want to know if you grew up religious, Catholic, Christian, you know, what religions you grew up because I have some, some strong fears, you know, obviously about the afterlife. I, you know, I think everybody, I grew up Catholic, you know, my, my fears are, I, I guess what anybody's fear is, right? Yeah. I grew up believing all this stuff, but 
you know, what if it is just like a light switch and what does that mean to me? You know what I mean? What does that when I'm gone and was I ever really here, you know, because all that memory, everything's gone. So, um, obviously that's a small fear, maybe a deep conversation for a later date, but, uh, yeah, no, man, that's good. I mean, Catholics, yeah, yeah, I was born around, I mean, Brazil is very Catholic and because of the African also influence, there's a lot of that, the, the African religions. And then there's like the spiritist Christians and evangelicals, but like I'm on, you know, I was on the line of more of the spiritist Christians, which we believe in reincarnation, right? So, you know, that was the whole that was the whole message. You know, this reborn rebirth. It's not like you know, you, you know, water and then you're reborn in the site. That's one thing, but it's this constant reliving of experience until you get it right. It's like same thing if you're trying to trick, and and you're you know, oh, my body's a little off. Oh, my grind's a little off. Think of that. Maybe that if that was like the end of your life and you had to start another one, right? So. You tried it this way, your body's off. Now you end your life. Now you gotta try it that way. Oh, you made it. Okay, progress. Go on to the next. And it's like this growth, right? So it's like constant, you know. So uh, the fear of the unknown, and if we feel it's all over, all that's gonna happen is that when you pass on, you're gonna end up asleep because you believe so hard that when you die, you're you're you, that's it, and then you gotta wait, right? And then Jesus will come, and you're waiting. And then he's going to bring. So you're going to put that because belief mind is so intense. It goes with everything. Whatever you believe in is what's going to until you can open your eyes, the light come in. You're like, oh, oh," and it's going to be a little bit of a a battle. You know, so it's that, you know, you go back and you try it again. That's why it's like everything in life is perfectly in place, because if 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 there's a slave and a slave driver, what what do you think is going to happen in that next life? those roles are going to, you know, a switch around. And then now the guy that was, you know, the, the, the slave owner is going to become a slave. Th- this is, this is what happens when you act that way, or this, there's this balance of like, of, of correction that it just makes, there's no other way that I can see it being just if there is no balance of correction. Right. So it, it takes time. So you talked about a trick and, um, and you referenced it. How how did you use that in uh, 2001 uh, X Games? Vert, you know, just just that run. Well, and go ahead, go. Yeah, no, but I mean, it just just in uh, in that sense, it's like, what is it? Uh, what is real other than what's going on right now? This conversation, you know, you know, uh, you know, the birds flying around, the butterfly over there. That's like its exact moment, real, you know. And then when it comes to skateboarding, it's the same way, uh, whether you're in your backyard or where you're in a big event or whatever is going on. There's a there's that moment of like of of uh, expression, you know, and in that way, my skateboarding was my expression, my art of like who I am. It's like same, you know, I've always looked at it that way. So it didn't matter if it was like first run, last run or within a certain amount of minutes or whenever it was always like if it's supposed to happen it's going to happen because i'm going to put every effort into you know seeing that happening right so you know when i'm in this these events it's there's no like oh how many tries i'm going to take to do that oh this trick's hard oh man that's going to be a tough run oh bucky just landed this crazy run oh my god i there was none of that it was just like 
well, okay, there's that, and there's that. And like now, uh, I'm gonna drop in, and I'm gonna do my run, and I know this is gonna happen. If the, if this happens, I'll just. Let, I mean, there was just like anything can happen because it's happened before. Hey, if it hasn't happened, you can you gotta believe out of faith. But if it has, then you know there's story to. It. And then earlier in that 2001 year uh, in Canada, I got a 99 uh, on vert, you know, at the event, and then. Here's Bucky with a 96 or something or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, that's done. And I was like, well, I got a 99 earlier in the year. So I don't know. I mean, shit. It's like, <laughs> why, if it happened before, I can have it. It can happen again. And it was like, uh, I'm just going to skate, you know? And then that's in that moment, it was like, you know, that, the, you know, where's my board? You know, oh, I almost hung up on this. Or I, I kind of half flipped one trick and I grabbed it kind of weird. I was like, oh, adjust that. And then I landed weird. And then I adjusted because I had a certain line. But that too was something that I like was was adamant about improvising. I knew certain things, but I never forced something that wasn't there. So if I landed with my feet off and I had, you know, a kickflip on the other wall, um, I would not do the kickflip. You know, I'd be like, oh, it's off. I just flow into something else and then start and, you know, reset. Oh, OK, now I'm back again into this combo. And then so it was it was like that. And it, I felt like I've always skated better that way. Um, and uh, having combinations and things, but also being open. If your line's a kickflip, a heel flip, you know, you know, a, 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 a backside lift slide. If you land the kickflip in kickflip mode, why are you going to try a heel flip? Right. It's just it's hard to make that quick adjustment of like, oh, and then what happens is like you're going to bail, and you're going to let go of that when you force. And in life, is that that? And then that line was like, okay, so this happened. This is where I'm going. You know, that happened. This is where I'm going. You know, and then that's kind of like how that ended up, you know, just just being that way. That 2001 run at X Games, how much of that was like straight on exactly how you wanted it to be? And how much of it was like improv? Oh, none of it was exactly how I wanted it. I mean, I didn't even know what I want. I just was like, I, I, I've tripped uh, runs back then were um, almost a minute long. And it and it and it gave and it gave uh, openness to certain easier basic tricks for flow and style instead of like combinations of insane tech you know combos which I always thought when it went that way it was like oh, we lost a little bit of this like it was oh drop in five forty frontside five kickflip body barrel five da da nine hundred it was just like where is the in between. Where's the where, soul? Where are the others? The, yeah, where is the connection, right? Really is like, where is the connection? So, you know, back then it was like I had connections. I had combinations of connections for, for days of like, okay, I'll do this. If I came out, I'll switch frontside ollie. I'll do a switch backside ollie. Oh, I'm on the extension. I'll do a switch rock and roll. And then, you know, I got the switch uh, frontside nose grind. Oh, maybe I'll go reverse because I want to go forward on the other side. So I would just like choose you know, um, what was kind of going on, but I, I wanted the, the, you know, the, the switch kick flip indie, you know, and that kind of was a little off, you know, oh my gosh, you know, and then like the other side was going to be like a gay twist or something. I don't know. I just, oh, just flailed and then got back into my connections again because the format allowed, you know, because if it was, you know, combo format, like now high tech, just pu pulling, only the 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 the, the best uh, I would have uh, ended up my run would have ended and I wouldn't be able to you know get all the other stuff around so yeah 
Do you think that's taken away from like how cool skateboarding is? Is skateboarding still cool in your eyes or is it just like this uh, very almost corporate feel in the sense of even the runs are corporate? Like you just said, like it's got to be dialed. It's got to be these technical tricks on on point every bit. It's got to be fully choreographed. Like, is it still cool? Like in your eyes, like, I'm just curious, like you're an old soul. You're, you got that old blood. Like, I just want to hear that from, from you specifically. It, you know, I think that the beauty is, is where you, you take it and whether people's uh, realities at this time, you know, are where mine were, you know, when like, okay, X Games is around, I was skating all those and the view of that event and like, oh, it's so corporate, but you gotta, you, you gotta look at, it's really a window. And what the window does is whatever you want to show it, if you don't go because it's this corporate thing, or if you're like, oh, I'm not going because I, that you, you, you missed the opportunity of showing uh, your view of skateboarding, right? So what we were talking about an X Games run and it was just one of the, you know, coolest moments in of my life uh, in, in a run because it pushed me to do that, but also the whole connection and everything that went down. It was just like boom. It, yeah, the the sponsor, whoever sponsored it, whatever reasons they ah, they did it. All I know is that I was able to go out there and do that, and it's reverberating. We're in 2023, you know, talking about it uh and and it's it connects to people and it connects so it all where it is doesn't matter so you can that can happen at an olympic forum uh at like a street league or like a you know vance park series you can have those like moments for the most part it's uh, uh formulated and tailored into this uh product package and people can you know make a living off of it right so if i'm a professional skateboarder and I look at those opportunities and there's X amount of money being given and I have to survive. And this is what I want to do for a living because that's, you know, so I'm going to go and attack it as strategic. And I mean, I go to win, I, you know, even though I have this like, you know, if it doesn't happen, cool. But, you know, I'm going there for the full the full on. It's like 100 percent or, you know, that first or last, you know, there's always in my mind of like, you know, and if I took class, I was like, well, I'll go home and learn a trick. So I think that the same way I look at these events and the park events are different from our vert, you know, vert had more, you know, amplitude, height, combos, technical, like less cruising around. You know, I mean, it, it's insane. The level of park skating right now, I look at transitions, it's incredible. I mean, the, the small transition isn't my thing, but like it's so tough and it's so hard. You can see what they're doing, you know, um, but obviously I have a taste for vert mega you know and you know yeah I, I i look at those events and i'm like just you know go go get them but allow the format do some other type of style events like you know when i do for events now i do them like um live music in the finals you know and lots of art and lots of culture and lots of like um social interaction kids schools whatever it is that we're trying to pass on like the, a lot of web three stuff you know, education. Uh, so uh, just because I feel like that th we need those events because all the other ones, they're happening. They're going to happen. That's cool. Blah, blah, blah. You do that. Suit and tie. Go make your money. And when you go home, you know, put out your soul and, you know, go out and skate. Don't. The main thing is don't live only for that because eventually you'll learn that that it's there's that's empty. But if you 
you know, live for the progression of it. It doesn't matter where you go, go to the Olympics, take the gold medal, you know, and then go, you know, go to your backyard and then put out a video project and do some crazy obstacles and then learn, you know, new things, explore. I mean, that's, that's where it's at. And I think it's, it's, it's many different ways. Skateboarding is this big, you know, octopus with like all these, you know, <laughs> arms and it's everywhere and it's cool. Every little section, you don't have to be in the Olympics to be, you can live your day to day that not, doesn't even touch, you know, but it's, that's you and skateboarding is, is, is culture. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's almost like, you know, it, it started as an expression, right? It's, it's always been an expression. It's gravitated and, and transformed into this whole other thing that I, I'm curious, like if you ever even could have seen it go this way, but what it sounds like your kind of message is like, keep that expression, keep it grassroots at some level, do your thing, but do something with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do uh, do whatever you want to do. The consequences come later, you know, from our earlier talk. <laughs> so you can just, you know, do whatever you want. Um, but if you're, you know, uh, I, I like to see what Pedro Barros uh, is doing, um, just the way he goes out there and kills it and skates the events, but all big, does all that, you know. And then con- there's this whole scene uh from where he's at and push and his company and who's what he's doing just his whole expression just he's just like you can see that he's you know putting his soul you know uh, you know on his feet and on his board and on everything he does and the way he skates and and it's cool everyone has a different approach you know you can be meticulous and still have soul you know because that's just the way you are you know that you and 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 how you connect but if you're going to these events and you're doing all that and you're living all that just the, the main thing is to look back at where you are, whatever your roots are, wherever, whatever that is, and and try to instill the reason of all of it, you know, instead of just like you're going to be a winner and you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to do all this. That's cool. But what what else are you going to learn? You know, skateboarding is not the only thing. And I wouldn't wait till you, you, you realize that that you can't live the skateboarding life. I would like as you're young and growing just like look at all fronts education i mean i I mean it's so easy to get educated now and all that i mean whether it's arts whether it's like anything really like uh uh uh, and this whole web three side is incredible technology and languages and you know learn to speak another language learn programming because that's another language math you know learn you know uh, portuguese english you know connect with people because it's what it's about you know just learn that wherever you go you get sponsored go to that go to your company talk to the marketing people the the the, the sales that that learn like if you have access to the ceo even better like you know hang out go check it out talk work the opportunity is insane because that's real experience you know that's that's and and dive in if you actually get someone behind you don't miss flights you know don't be late for things you know don't take it for granted because it's gone to it quit it's quick and gone and then you're like oh man so it's professionalism that that you that doesn't take age it shouldn't take age you know obviously education from early on but like it, it's very important sometimes even more important of how good you are as a skateboarder because you can have another guy that's not as good um but incredibly professional great person just super stoked and loving and you know i mean that guy is the one you, you're gonna you know, re- you represent personalities, you know, um, 
I think that you know those are those are the uh, the advice for for the interactions there. Uh, just, so, Bobby, you, know, you talked a little bit I love it. about uh, Pedro Barra and and what he's he's been doing. Um, who are your you know your kind of your favorite skaters? Let's say of of back when you skated, who like who, maybe who were your inspirations? Who did you look up to? And then maybe bring it to today. You know, who who are you thinking today? Who do you love to watch every time? Every time you turn on the TV or you pull up your YouTube, you pull up somebody's Insta, and you're like, man, I'm I'm keeping an eye on that guy. You know, there's no ex skater. I sh- I still skate. That's for sure. You know, and keeping on that side, like of you know, back early, uh, you know, linking away to Leo Kakinu early in my you know uh, early days, um, and then uh, you know on obviously Colin McKay because we you were know, watching videos. We we're just a kid, and he's a kid ripping on the Powell videos. And Danny Way, those are like the the videos that we had access to in Brazil, and then. You know, my locals that were skating with me, like Lincoln Ueda has always been a huge inspiration. And today his kid is just insane. Rafa Ueda. I don't know if you guys seen footage, but go search Rafa. Dude, absolutely incredible. Just like just his dad style and push and power and, you know, flow. I mean, just super cool. So I dig. I, I've been digging his uh, skating a lot. Um some of the these other kids, this kid like Luigi Sini uh, here, this he was a transition skater part, Vert, you know, skating the small uh, mega there at Guy's house, um, and then uh, Tom Shar, absolutely incredible, just such you know great. So I mean, when we look at transition skating, just like ease of of skating, Mitchy Brusco, you know, just such a talented, you know, uh, um, uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Wilkins, like, I mean, insane, you know, just, uh, just so power. Uh, and then uh, on the, I like Jagger too, cause Jagger skates it all, you know, you can the transition, the tightness of Zion, you know, like just I dig watching like some of the hungrier, um, type of, you know, uh, 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 skaters and a lot of the street, like Felipe Gustavo, just that meticulous. And so I was mentioning about like just super good tech, um, Raisa personality tech, you know, style, like she's just, you know, awesome. Um, been watching. I went to Tampa Am, which was incredible to watch all the Japanese. I mean, those the finals were like, you know, seven Japanese and like all these Brazilians. And, you know, uh, and it was just incredible to watch, man. Just so crazy how tech, you know, uh, some of them really good tech, really good style, really good flow. So the Japanese skateboarding is on another I really dig in, and the girls too that that skate. There's one that uh, rides the, the 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 park too, just uh, really like just, I don't know, man. I, I, I and the way they were all hanging out. I mean, it reminded me a lot of the culture in Brazil. I really, I really dig Japanese culture, but like just the way they were they were skating, and they all had this different style, but just just destroyed. You know, some were tech, someone tech hash, someone were just like full style, and and it was just. And then every each run, they would all come in and you know and, and and hug each other and cheer, and it was like, oh man, yeah, you know, I can definitely relate to that, you know. And it was that's cool to see. So you know, just being able to be at Tampa Am and and doing that, and then skating with Tony, Bucky, you know, um, all those guys there at the Legend Session, that was such a fun, you know, just miss what Frazier, just incredible. And Frazier was another guy, Mike Frazier. Growing up, he was always this, you know, tough inspiration and style. Like the stereo uh, video came out, like right early, like in the 90s, 
and his vert part. I mean, at the time, not many people, he was like, kind of like giving the vert, like holding that connection for a little era there of, of just his style, winning all the events and, you know, being incredible with video parts. So Mike Frazier is big too. The Japanese influence is crazy and, and Japanese skate and how young the skaters are today uh, and, and what they're doing is so impressive. Um, like again, from a technical aspect, it's, it's absolutely insane. And I think you're seeing that on snowboarding as well. Is that correct, Keith? The snowboarding, oh, yeah. the Japanese teams coming out, especially on, on the, you know, the, the slope style events, the pipe events, you know, the, the way that they can flip and spin and uh, it's just so impressive. Yeah. I mean, they're taking it to a whole nother level. It's pretty crazy to see the progression It just, I mean, in snowboarding specifically, just in the last year or two, they're doing stuff that three years ago was considered impossible. You know, no one was even putting some of these tricks on their list for the simple fact that it was believed to be impossible. And kind of to Bob's point, you know, I love that it's kind of starting to come back to this, like, you're hanging out with the homies at the park or whatever. Like everybody's pushing each other to give it just a little bit more, amp it up a little bit more. And then when they do stomp it, everybody's pumped. It's not just like, oh shit, now I've got to do this or, or dang it, now I'm not going to win or what. It's like, what? Like, just the love behind it. I think you're seeing a lot of that come kind of specifically from the Japanese culture. You know, and we have it in our sport too. You know, my sport's pretty niche and it's, it's very small in the sense of like it's you know it's adaptive snowboarders from around the world so we've already gone through something crazy most of us or had some crazy upbringing to bring us to this point and then you add snowboarding to it something that we all love and regardless of who's on the podium that day like we're always pumped for the other person it, it's it's that that brotherhood or sisterhood where we're just rooting for each other and i love that a lot of these sports are kind of starting to come full circle back to that. For sure, man. That's it's it's that's why you when you know it's like it's very cultural. Mm -hmm. Like that's why you know if you can instill like you know Brazilians have a personality on a board, right? There's a personality on you know the way we interact, the way we do things, and you know Japanese they have their you know their personality, and then the Americans, and you know there's this whole like. It's, it's just really cool to see, you know, and then everyone expresses different. But in general, the whole skateboarding family is, you know, this uh, different type of vibe when it comes even to these big events, you know, um, where people are just, especially the Olympics, it was like, a, you know, it was really good to see that it wasn't this like, uh, even though they're trying to put it in a place where you feel there's this protocol you have to follow and then you can't interact. So some people are this like all tight and kind of cold but when it came to the event everyone was skating and still like any other contest or you know and then you know you're you're, you're supporting each other and then you know you're you're, you're high-fiving and they're talking it's like people aren't used to that which is good because they have to kind of you know see that and that's the skateboarding has a personality as a whole right. you know uh, right it's it's not super accustomed to that olympic side of life like you look at it you look at most sports and they are very rigid and it's very especially like an individual sport not a team sport where it's like you're going against these guys not like you're out there experiencing this with these these guys and gals you know and we see it again kind of going back to the japanese culture like the Japanese team is some of my favorite people to be around on, on the circuit. Cause they're just having a good time, no matter what, like they're just, they say some funny stuff. They do some funny stuff. You know, they're there to do business as well. And, and, but the, at the end of the day, like 
it's just fun. And I love that that's being brought into that Olympic culture where it's very rigid a lot of the time and it's very serious. And it's like, dude, we're all experiencing this together right now. We're all kind of on the edge of kind of losing it a little bit. Um, it, it, it's nice to have that family around you, you know, and people that you travel the world For with sure. day in and day out or week in and week out. And you can see, I mean, the Olympics is such an old event that it comes from crazy times where even, I mean, to this day, you know, like you're talking about countries at war and then they're playing the field and you want that to be where the war is right in games and this fun it's like oh okay like oh yeah i got you this time and then next year that is a healthier type of interaction because human humans are competitive if you just got to take the guns and the ego out then you know and violence goes away but you can still be competitive in a violent you know sport whether it's you know uh skating or you know jujitsu or mma people are like oh off by mma but it's like there, there are ways in how you, you know, you, you, you put out so that you can understand where how the heavy spirit weighs on an old Olympic type event. And that just as long as it doesn't carry through in this like in this animosity of like, you know, I have to beat you. Uh, and as long as it's pay, playful, like if you're, you know, if we're going to play ping pong, you know, there's no way I'm going to go crazy. I can't. There's no way I'm going to let you win. I'm going to it's going to be insane. But, but it doesn't mean that we're enemies, right? So even though it can become, if alcohol comes in, it definitely come into a fight. But if, if, if you're just kind of in this, like, uh, you know, fun type of competition, like that's, you know, and if you can show that, I mean, it's almost like you're reminding the Olympic spirit, like, you know, you're reminding them, you know, about what that really means, right? Like how to interact, like how to go, you know, it's like every sport has its, you know ways you know to to they just they're just brought up way too confrontational you know you have to beat that guy we're at war you know you can't like oh russia and the u.s or you know all that like madness of the pat you know the, and now i mean even you know you know with what's going on right now and 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 just the madness of uh you know and then you put you gotta you know put teams on you know that like it's like oh man that's a that's a but that's where you need that's where you need the, the game you know that's the most important part is like interact and be you know be playful here and hopefully you can stop all this madness we live we live in a crazy time we live for in a crazy sure. time that's for sure yeah I, I so i mean i did have kind of a question based on you know skating in the olympics and you pretty much like hit it on the head um i you know it's it seems like in some ways you know, it's done a lot of good for the sport, um, you know, and it seems like because it is skating, it's not really necessarily killing the vibe. And to your point, it's bringing like new life to the Olympics a little bit where kind of it's it is an old thing where it's like the best of the best of each country has to go and battle it out now. And, um, you know, so I mean, I, I was going to touch on the Olympics a bit, but I mean, you you took it there without even having to, you know, and I love what you said. I love, I love that it's, it is like where everything should be held, where it's, you know, not necessarily fully ego. I mean, there are those countries that seems like these athletes lives depend on it kind of deal, um, which is somewhat unfor unfortunate. 
but it also evolves sports in in a way. Like I, I don't think like if you didn't have you know snowboarding in the Olympics, for example, would the Japanese be coming out doing you know quad flips and stuff and just doing all the stuff that they're doing now that everyone thought was impossible a couple years ago? Um, good and take, right? Good, good and evil, or or give and take, I should say. I'm also interested, you know, in in how tech is innovating these sports and how we can like um assume i guess that tech will continue to innovate these further with vr with with ar um and kind of what what bob you would expect to see with that in the future sure. um well i think that when it comes to like uh uh technology is really to connect you know uh, uh things that are happening like right now we have like social media and then or, or whatever back in the day when i was watching the videos i'd have to wait for the vhs tape to to show up whatever every few months and someone went and traveled to us and they brought the tape and you're like okay you watch it you get influenced and then you go on it's like a slower process right from print to digital photos and now you got this instant reaction with social media you post something now let's say you're out in uganda and you got the kids over there and they post something and then someone sees it and it goes viral and then you see what's going on in that in that in that place of the world they see what's going on via social media, all the bad content and everything. That's what it just supports like-minded people, you know, to keep going and inspired by looking at content with technology across the world. Now, you know, uh, you add the Web3 layer of it, you know, or, or you know, uh, even before you go there. But like, let's say you get all these countries, the Olympics, and now it's the Olympic thing. You got all this public uh, excuse to build parks. And you have opportunities to start skateboarding in countries that never before, you know, weren't even open or free to it. Like, you know, uh, you know, out in the Arabias and in, in the EU, like all that, like just out there, just starting. So all the Olympics push now, you know, plant a seed and Olympics starts the process. The culture maintains and educates the 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 now small tree you know that's growing right so it's like okay you you can connect by uh having public parks and inspiration because they want to build it so there's an olympic team you can give them that excuse that's fine you know but it just starts skateboarding right it starts whatever action that's going on and then um when you add the the web3 layer to that then then you're um connecting people's stories to actual uh funding opportunities because really the, to me web3 community it's 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 really more about public interactions like people helping the people and not waiting for government to help the people even though you have to have those programs uh, in places and government programs there's there's all the realities of of uh, of that but and then also the community that you're in usually the people around you don't see the pain uh you are living in as opposed to someone super far away in another country in another culture another language will see your pain and if there is an avenue of connection, they will reach out, right? So Web3, uh, that's the beauty, really. What I see in all that's happening, even all the social content um, on that, is that you can now uh, start an initiative for the Uganda uh, community and whoever you know gets that going over there, and then they have their little story. Then when you post your content, you can add their initiative uh, and then you can push 
your sponsors or supporters or people around you to support this content that you just posted because it also helps this community and the actual DAO you're in or organization you're in with Treasury um, ad every time that's happening. And then now you can submit proposals to help whatever it is that you have going on. And then now you have this community interaction of you know, community funds and all kinds of different communities for you to like tap in for whatever reason, you know, and think that that to me is really, you know, there's this process of like, get it going and then keep it going. And then, you know, like, uh, keep it, keep it going even more, you know, don't stop. It's like, that's, you know, you have to open up that vein, you know, of, of flow. And a lot of times it's harder for you to run, a donation by regular, you know, so if you're a Japanese trying to donate to a U.S. Um, organization and then from there spread on, it's a quicker route to go direct peer to peer, you know, if someone is sentimental about your or they feel your, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're paying, you know, so I think that that's really where the connection is with that. Yeah, way less hoops you got to jump through at the end of the day, you know, whether it's taxes or whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that you end up having to go through if you're trying to give money directly, you know, direct money, if you will, versus going through a digital currency or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it definitely streamlines a lot of things. Uh, you know, we've got we've got Shreddit, you know, which which we know we we did a bit of stuff with you guys, uh, with, with your nonprofit, um, out in, uh, Lugano. And, you know, one of the big things that the founders kind of started that whole thing for was to kind of give the power back to the athletes a little bit, give them a chance to place their videos in a, in a place where it's going to get some sort of attention. It may not be as much, or it may be more than say something like Instagram, but at the end of the day, they're actually going to be able to generate some funds directly from that. I mean, I I don't know if you're monetized on on Instagram or YouTube or any of that kind of stuff. But my experience is I've got to get 40,000 views on a reel to make fifty bucks or something, you know. Whereas definitely don't need that with with Shreddit, and it's something that I I really love about kind of sassy and the the whole direction they're going with it is like. Let's give the power back to the athletes a little bit. Let's, you know, let's give them a chance to get a little more exposure. But then let's let's create something that's bigger than ourselves in a sense so that people can actually, you know, afford that net, that new deck, the new bearings, the, you know, the, the set of bindings or whatever the case may be. And if we can, let's raise money for for a good, you know, uh, cause or, or nonprofit at the same time. For sure. You know, the difference of the business model of Instagram and yeah, I'm, I'm monetized on the YouTube, on the instant, all this, but I just like my, my content deals usually from, from years to, to the stage, like, you know, a TV series on, you know, for, for this channel or this other series here or the events that are televised. And I've been super busy in selling it that way. And when it came to social media, I just kind of held cause I didn't feel like putting my content out was worth it, giving it to them. You know, so I always held back. At the same time, it was like, you have to kind of work, you know, it, you know it. Um, so I've kind of held back because it didn't feel like it was worth the, uh, you know, the money and uh, the exposure of it. Right. So but it's good to keep telling the story so you don't also disappear. Right. So it's like, all right, 
the social media thing uh, and the Web3 thing. Well, before you're getting money from, you know, a centralized from from Instagram or Meta or whatever, you know, you're they are paying you. Right. So if someone likes your content, whatever, they're paying you by the money they get by selling ads to everyone. And there isn't an opportunity for any which one of those uh, followers that are giving the like to give a donation of their worth or whatever they feel. So they get you get stuck in only their eyeballs, like as a, accounting to what it is, where here you can touch people's heart in different ways and some will resonate more with you so maybe they'll do the the uh, twenty dollars or even a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars while the other does three or four so it's just but you gave that opportunity for them to do that right so i think that that is a better uh business model and i think that that you know when we did the when we dropped the first video and also i was just like okay if it's going to be you know half for laureus and half for for skateboarding cares you know what type of video do we put out and how do we you know so there's this whole strategy um also so that you you know when we drop one piece of content it's the it's to fish the story tells the fish the donation for whatever it is that it's impacting at a certain event i think that's the best way and model to do it um and you know to go okay we worked on this i did this little video it's telling the stories of where the things coming from you know for for the kids but also some tricks of mine with my sassy you know and then in the end doing all the logo it's more of a directed content but then you go and to promote this event hey guys we dropped this everyone supports so people at the event oh cool but it's raising money during that time push you know and and, and you know <clears throat> it was like I think it raised like like about six grand and there's the boards we saw all that right so so that's huge for a one-off you know quick help from the whole community story but there was this whole organization and push for that right um as opposed to day-to-day drops and things but as long as people realize that that is there for when events go down or uh, particular fundraising for a specific, you know, thing, you know, but you always have to like kind of tie in the, the ask with the public good and the push, like, just like you would with like a product drop or, you know, just so you maximize the, 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 the potential for the donation, but the connection of content initiative, um, and cause, uh, you know, the, you know, all those and then the, the, the filmer, the photographer, then you got all that into it. And so you can just really open up and do whatever, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love it. You know, you, you kind of touched on it, which I didn't really even think about, you know, one of the big things, as I said, is we're trying to give kind of the power back to, you know, the athlete or content creator, however you want to word that, but it also gives a lot of the control to the, the person who wants to see that kind of thing and wants to help support it. I, I really didn't even think about that. You know, people being able to mint these things and, and get a little little piece of history, whatever that might look like to them, they're actually being a part of the process as well as they're now in control of how much they give uh, versus, you know, getting that, that check from Meta or whatever. Right. No, I mean, I, I think that the... If we look at it that way, and I was talking about, I mean, obviously, I've launched Skateboarding Cares on That's Gnarly, 
you know, and we're adding communities in there. So obviously we want to get that shredding sassy community active, the TSC community active and NARS and all these communities of content, because that's really what it is. Right. And there's always talk is like, well, people aren't minting that much or people are, you know, it's like slowed down, obviously bear and every, just in general, all those talks. But like, I think that once it, there has to be a sell of why, and then a proof of concept, and the use case, right? And the, all those are there. So uh, once people realize that it's like there's this triangle of like, you know, content, you know, if you just drop a piece of content, that's cool. I can help you out because or whatever, put the to the minting, but there's no like, oh, I'm selling on the secondary or open C is going to, you know, we're going to do this. And then I, and like, no, that piece is that for what it is. You know, and then if you attach an initiative to it and keep it open, and now you can keep reposting that if you want and be like, hey, this thing is still up and people want to donate, da, da, da. then you're pushing, pushing a way for people to watch and way to donate like right away. There's a reason to mint it, you know, not just to like, you know, uh, collect a bunch of them because eventually I'm going to sell it for more. That mentality is like, I think it just has to be a tool of, of, of uh, capturing um, and donations and that to a, like just a way of like, you know, so attached to initiatives makes more sense. You know, every piece of content attached to an initiative makes more sense, even if it's your content, you know, cause if you could do that on Instagram, you'd do it. You know, if you could do that on the other, you know, you're just like, well, you can't do it there. So then you, you have this tool. You can go to, if you just want skateboarding con, you can do the skateboarding thing. You can do the surf uh, guru DAO, or you can just do the dance gnarly in general. You could do shred it. You know, whatever you want to like attach to and the different governance, you know, NFTs, which is huge. You know, once the treasury is high on those, then you're going to get people to understand and how to like prop up and use the funds, you know, and you have to give out money. You have to put, you know, competi video competitions um, with outside sponsor money so that you can add to treasury and, you know, and also, you know, whatever videos that people put up win the, the money. And, you know, and then you get more content. You know? So it's like you have to create this like uh, a, a tool, you know, the, the tool is there, but you have to create the use. So to people to, to really use it. Right, right. How would you how would you have used this technology, you know, in, in your 20s? You know, would you how would your career have changed or how how would you have used this technology in your 20s to advance yourself, advance your platform, maybe, you know, advance your community? Um, is there, is there your, something that you're like, Hey, if, if this was available, then, you know, this is how I would have managed it. This is how I could have, uh, uh, promoted, you know, skateboarding in Sao Paulo or Rio or, um, or, or LA. Well, I think that it wasn't so much about, because, you know, I, I, to look back and see that, but let's say the technology was there for that. Like today, you know, I've had, you know, a long career and, I, you know, and I, you know, started my own, you know, institute and, you know, I've been working on the social program, doing all those things. So like, that's because of my name has gotten to a point where I could do that and be like, Hey, if I can raise funds uh, like this and opening up an institute to help people out, then I'm going to do it. But that's me. And not everyone needs to start a foundation and institute. It takes a lot. It's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of paperwork. There's all the stuff, you know, for you to like get this, you know, whole, uh, 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 um, this machine going right there, there's all this like it's just you know like a big company and funding a company and all this like that's because i've gotten to a point where like okay i 
you know, I, I, I like diving in and doing, you know, you know, stuff. So, but back then, uh, to start an initiative for anything, like if I'm here in Brazil and I had that, I do what I'm doing now in a sense, but like, I wouldn't have as many eyeballs on me, but I would just be like, okay, this community here for my friends that skate at the favelas, you know, need a, need a mini ramp. Um, and you know, how can I rate, uh, you know, fund a prop to, uh, build a mini ramp, Sure, which is exactly what I'm doing now. Well, let me, you know, like, I mean, I got a prop yeah, up yeah. On, on NARS to, to install, you know, uh, on that's gnarly to install a ramp, you know, at the favela, you know, I'm using what I, because I'm still me, but like, obviously if I had that back then, I would do it that way as well. Right. And then it would be in more, you know, uh, a, a power, you know, so. So that was probably a poor question on my part. I guess maybe the question would be, how did you do it back then? Or how did people do it back then? Or did they just not have the opportunity to to raise funding like this? Well, well, no, the, the, the way you do it, the traditional way, which is I still do it, is you build a, a, a presentation or you tell the story, right, of what you're going to do. Like, say, for, for me to get sponsored, I filmed you know, a sponsor me videotape on a VHS and, you know, edited on that and sent it and gave it to, you know, um, you know, deluxe and, and here in Brazil, we did these videos of VHS and people see it and they see you skateboarding personally, right? Like in, in front of them, owner of the companies and they go to the, 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 the contest or they go to the parks and that industry small is like, Oh, that kid's getting good. Oh, and then you like, that's kind of how, you know, it, it keeps going. It was it was done then, you know, and you you take a little longer, you know, and, and but you'd have to go and set up the video shoots and the photography. You know, like there's no phone. You have to set up with someone that professionally could do it, you know, either a, a photographer or I mean, v, uh, cameras. We do the big VHF, VHS cameras over the shoulders and high eights and all that. But so not everyone had them, but they, they were there for us to build our video and, you know, and, and do it that way. Um, but it just took it was harder, right? Like, Oh, develop that. How'd that go? How did, you know, it just, but that was just what it is. Now it's just quicker, easier in your hands. Like, you know, and it, it, now it's a matter of you knowing composition, you know, trying not to, and even if you kind of move it around a little bit, the cameras have the tech to hold the stability, right? you yeah. know? Um, so really it's a matter of you wanting to do it or not. If you don't, if there's no, today there's no excuse of like, well, I, I needed to do this. Well, not unless you're like, your thing is like, you don't, you know, you don't have a phone. You don't, you know, you, you can barely eat, you know, or whatever. Those real type of situations, you know, are are uh, are, are where you look at, you know, and so to, to try and help it anyway. But that, it was, it was tough. Uh, but I'm glad to see it the way it is now. And it's cool to see and how quick you can kind of do something and, you know, grab time lapse and then put the content out. It's a lot of work, right? But, you know, so, but it's fun to get the message. Some out. of these kids are crushing yeah, it. Totally. Yeah. Some, some of these kids are crushing. It's super impressive. You, you talked about Dow's a little bit earlier, treasuries, uh, <laughs> sassy. I would say our first real big sponsorship, uh, of a youth team. We just sponsored Minnesota select snowboarding youth team where we paid their competition fees for the whole year. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so just really excited to see them grow and, and post on shredded. I think they have six riders right now, uh, competing at six events, regional and national over the season and, and really excited to provide that to communities. And, and one thing that he had talked about 
uh, uh, the owner of, of the brand, you know, we want to make snowboarding. We want to make it like baseball for kids in the United States or like, you know, soccer where even if you don't know how to kick a ball, your parents are going to sign you up to go play youth soccer, rec soccer. If you've never swung a, swung a bat before, we want to be able to provide kids the ability to go swing a baseball bat. Right. But, but snowboard, we want to provide people the ability to go skateboard in the United States. So, so it's like football. So it's like soccer. So anybody can do it at any time. We want to see how we can, how we can do that at Sassy. And uh, just really excited. This is kind of our, our first, uh, our first one we're doing with the Minnesota select. That's, uh, snowboard that's club. cool. And is that a prop that passed or is that just straight decision to sponsor? Yeah. Nope. Pr- proposal that passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, funded by our community yes. treasury, not yeah. you know, not the not the brand at all. The community. That's awesome, and I think that one of the things to add more and more, you know, uh, funds to the treasury, so props like that can be put up for whatever you know reason is that 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 is the main thing. Because once you can you sell NFTs all day long, but how to really you know up the treasury, and I think that um, might look into ads and video contests when you put stuff up so if a sponsor puts money in for a competition get some sponsor to put in 10 grand 20 grand half of it stays the treasury and they understand it they sell that they're like hey this is this is cool because then now the the community because you're sponsoring trading sassy as a community you can't just sponsor the one guy that wins the skating but you're using the set so you're sure. going oh sponsor the community and then boom you put the money in half of it stays for the community for prop passing and the other half gets sent to the top videos in whatever this contest is. And for the sponsor to put that kind of money or any other higher amount is really exposure. And, you know, whether it's a watermark of their content for those winning videos or because there has to be a wrap, a graphic wrap of, of this competition and then a frame so that when you see the content, the logo's there. I know people are like, well, you know, add, but if you really want to add, you know, treasury and, and, and grow, I mean, that model of like, you know, putting ads in and it's just a matter of, of uh, how to do that, how acceptance sure. could bring, you know, some some serious uh, money into the Treasury. Absolutely. Yeah, we're really excited about the future and, uh, and you know, growing, growing our sports, continue to uh, to provide value to, uh, to our communities for sure. Keith, sorry. I think I got no, you no, no, you're good. I, I was actually just listening. I love the concept of actually putting money into the community and that's part of the sell actually so that you know half of it goes into the next project you're not just sponsoring one event or one athlete or you know one group of athletes for that matter it's you're you're putting money into a fund that's going to be used at a later date and yeah your brand will be on that as well but you know you're creating something bigger than just this one competition or these just these handful of athletes, you know, I think the, the industry as a whole, especially web two industries saturated with that concept of top three are going to get all the money and everyone else is picking up the pieces, you know, or, or scrambling for breadcrumbs kind of deal. So yeah, I, I was actually, you know, kind of brilliant when just listening, I was like, big light bulb went off in my head yeah we're thinking about that a lot because we, we need to up you know on all the different projects you know and it's like there the when you when you mix up the model that works for like say a tv station um and then also a, a deal with like tv uh to run an actual program on specific content because then the winning content for the month gets 
you know, uh, shown. And then, you know, so you'd have to have that license, whatever, so that people can see, because then now you're, you're, you're getting the eyeballs for the sponsors because you attach TV to the web three tool, you know, to the push. And now it's like, all right, let's all share, you know? So it's like putting that deal together has been, you know, definitely been working on that. And I think that, you know, persuading sassy, you know, makes complete sense. And any other, you know, if you can create, especially the, 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 the uniqueness of, uh, NARS, Shredding Sassy, um, uh, and now a TSE is the fact that you have a content social media tool, right? Like it's really, you have content and all our sports and activities, you know, from snowboarding to skateboarding to surfing is content creating heavy because you're learning tricks and you're putting it out and you're promoting a brand, you're connecting personality, you're expressing your art, you're, you're going to go somewhere, you're going to put that somewhere, you know? Um, so I think that that's, it's just in our culture to just try to like now direct all that. And then, Hey, there's this way, because in this way, you know, you can share and help and boom and, you know, a lot more than, you know, the, the traditional way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, I know we're, we're running up on time here. I, I want to pull it back real quick. Um, I was talking to uh, our, our skate coach, uh, Dom, the other day, uh, uh, Dominic Tossings in the, the Sassy Desk Discord. He was filming something for us and uh, he was skating with his buddy and his buddy uh, snapped his tib fib, uh, you know, pretty significant injury mm-hmm. uh, coming off a, a board slide. And I, I know that you've dealt with injuries in your career, you know, what do you say, um, you know, to the young kid, you know, with a, a pretty, pretty, mm-hmm. tr- you know, extraordinary injury to uh, to kind of help them, you know, push through yep. it and and see the other side? Well, I'd say if, if to anyone and everyone at any age, at any situation, but especially if you're young, which is, gives you a huge advantage. Um, I've I've done I've done the fracture thing 48 times in my life. I count them. And usually when I get hurt, I pray for the fracture instead of a ligament thing or and like I'm usually like, ooh, I hope that's a break, right? So when it comes to an injury like that, immediate like understanding of you're out is a big step because what happens is a lot of times when we get hurt like that, you get into this mind desperation because you love doing what you do and your mind now throws out this fear of not doing that again, which is fake and it's an illusion. Um, so what you got to turn into is this like healing mode because your body, you know, is a healer and we are light, we're vibrating and it's a matter of like how you direct that energy. So immediately your brain has to start working on the healing side of it. Then it's like food, rest, you know, um, water and what you listen to and med, like what I do if I was him and that was me. I would, you know, immediately understand what part of the fracture, you know, what, what that was. So like, I have a, I have an app on my iPad, like a, uh, like anatomy muscle and and skeleton or whatever. I go to that and I start drawing and I start looking at that area, you know, and just constantly like being up, up. And then when I get to close my eyes every now and then I envision that healing Right. So I would like start thinking about like, oh, the, the, the bone mending. Right. And then um, if you can up your your cardio, uh, your heartbeat, you know, in a in a sitting down position or if it's the, oh, 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 the hands, because what that does um, is that it, the message 
travels quicker when your heart's beating faster because right? it's your, your blood's traveling to you know so now that thought and message is like oh, that's why you want you know um uh cardio uh because you want that message to be fast you know you want that high speed internet you know going on in, inside your body and then and then you're visualizing what's going on and it's just like you know there is no like uh lamentation no complaining um just straight like healing you know <laughs> like that because that's going to be the quickest fastest you know don't what you i guess is uh believe the diagnostic but forget about whatever the prognosis, whatever the guy tells you, forget about that. You know, like, tell, look at what's going on. Okay, there's the, I believe that there's a fracture there. Hmm, I feel that, you know, and, and also, uh, you know, drugs on the high right now for the acute pain for the first few days, whatever, like if it, like that's cool because you're going to, you're going to want that, but de- like stop and meet like as soon as you can uh, as that phase goes away and 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 accept a little bit of pain in your life uh and take the drugs away and work on the um uh the healing process food right milk cheese dude inflammation (laughs) i'm not even gonna lie i love what you just said you know like if i may just kind of give a little bit of my experience you know i lost my leg due to an industrial accident right super trauma all of this uh the doctors told me like, Hey, you know, we could potentially save your foot, but realistically you're looking towards amputation. My question was like, okay, well, how long till I can snowboard again? And they're like, well, you know, gave me these, these numbers. Right. And I was like, okay, well, like, what if we just cut it off? How long till I can snowboard again? And they're like, you know, technology's good, blah, blah, blah. We could see you living a normal life in, in three years with, with a prosthetic. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, opening days in three months. And they're like, dude, whatever's going to make you make the right decision. And like that instantly was my focus, right? Like, okay, we're going to chop this thing off and I'm going to be snowboarding in three months. So what you were saying is like, you know, the diagnosis versus prognosis. I was like, that's all my focus was, was like, I'm just going to snowboard. I'm going to snowboard. I told everybody with a set of ears, I'm going to snowboard. Everybody was like, cool goal, dude, but don't be bummed if it doesn't happen. I was like, I can't hear that. I'm just, I'm just trying to ride, man. And like that got me off the pills that got me into a leg and learning how to walk very quickly. And I did, you know, I hit opening day three months after my amputation. And like, that was the recovery was like, aim for something. Don't listen to what everyone else says, believe it's possible, put the energy into your own healing process and like, and just go for it, you know? And like, granted, it's hard to pass that message along to people because they're like, well, okay, that was an extreme case or whatever. But it's like, no, it's real. Like, believe in that. Put the energy into that healing and know that it's possible. You don't have to listen to what everyone says. I know a handful of people that were told they'd never walk again and they're out ripping snowboards, you know? So uh, I just love that. I appreciate that you mentioned that. No, I appreciate that, man. That's incredible, actually, because, yeah, I mean, if it's that is an extreme case and that's why it should be, uh, you should listen to that because you, 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 breaking a tip fib is is uh, harsh right. uh, but it's not losing a leg you know <clears throat> and if it's losing a leg then that's harsh but that's not you know being quadriplegic or totally. oh, being quadriplegic that's harsh but that's not being dead <laughs> right. you know and it's like you know with, with uh and then even when it is there's like all right well then you, you run that life and you know and and that's the experience that you're supposed to live you know, for whatever reason in within your, you know, uh, story, um, then, but it's, it's how we take 
those things, right? And 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 because you easily could have been like depressed, drugs, alcohol, and then you're spiraled. And 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 hope is gone uh, when you let go of the control, right? Hundred um, percent. You know, control has to be there at all times because that's who you are. That's you know, you are the 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 reality that you want to live in that's why it's like you know your reaction to that was was huge because it quickly turned it into a, a, a next goal instead of it being like open to i'm fucked now you know like, right. because it's as, 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 that's a hard one i mean do you guys watch uh, john cardiel's epically later if you haven't watched no, john cardiel's because it tells, it goes through, obviously, you know, incredible snowboarder, skateboarder, you know, went through the experience there of breaking his back. And then people tell him he's not skating again. And, all this stuff, and then it just goes through that whole, you know, just his personality, you know, comes across such an incredible. John's like an inspiration. That's another one, you know, just you know, throwing back in there. But like that, those are the kind of stories and the people that are the strongest to, to tell that because, you know, there are other people that kill themselves for less. For sure, you know, for a, for a no uh, from a girl, you know, and if you're going through that, it's like it, there's no solution. You know, you can take a bunch of no's, you know, you can bail a bunch of times, but you can you, the, the make is coming or, you know, the right person is, is going to be there or, you know, but it's like it's it, it, you have to make sure that the reaction is light on yourself and and stern with your will you know oh for sure i i, I guess that's a long-winded uh uh advice but hopefully it takes it in i was just gonna say i love it it is such a strong and powerful message and you know it hits home with very like-minded people which you know we have a handful of them for sure in in our community and stuff so i just appreciate you kind of elaborating on it a bit you know someone could have just someone else could have just been like you know it's all good man you'll heal blah 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 but like really appreciate that you actually took time with that and actually explained kind of a little more of the belief process that like no it really will be okay but you also have to like take the time and energy to believe it's going to be okay you know so yeah awesome. well you go through it enough times you know it's yeah. almost like i feel like i'm an expert <laughs> i'm 47 i turned 47 and i got the 48th fracture you know so <laughs> I, it's like <laughs> it wasn't like once a year because there was times that i didn't get hurt but there were times there were like four or five at once right. you know or, so you know what it takes and even if i got hurt now it's like oh you're 47 it's like it doesn't matter it just doesn't matter because it's just part of that life. You know, you break the left hand. I'll learn every trick I can with the right hand. You got Sick. them both hurt. I'm going to learn to not grab my board, you know, and just skate and just be doing ollies and da da You know, it's it's like, how do you like, you know, what's your 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 reaction? It's like, instead of like, ah, oh, man, you know, and I, and I do get, when I hurt my arm and I can't do inverts, I just love inverts. And it's always like, when I go skate, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't do inverts. And really? I was like, let me do something else you know let me just focus on because if not i'm just like every time i can't but it's it's you know you do have to adapt because you're not gonna cry your leg back onto you totally but you can just laugh your you know experience and then your your fight and then the you know the going snowboarding i mean that is way more of a 
uh, rewarding feeling. And it is like learning a new trick, right? Because you said you're going to snowboard by the end of whatever the three months and you did, you know, and that, and there are tricks that takes, they take longer than that, but there are tricks that you just have to keep working on it, you know, and eventually, you know, it happens. So it's almost like you landed, you learned a new trick, right? Snowboard sure. without a leg. For sure. It's like, that's like, <laughs> that's, you know, you got all these other tricks that you learned that you didn't do before, right? <laughs> they're, all, so, they're all one-footed at that point. They're all you know, <laughs> NBDs. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's like, it's, you, got, you opened up a, a book of NBDs. You know, it's like, that's so cool, man. Right on. Well, Was there an injury? Can I just ask real quick? Have you had, like, one of those injuries in your career that really kind of made you question everything? Man, you know, some of them, there's this one on the Mega it was super windy and it was like a contest and it was just like it, it, i was in this space it's like you know wasn't ready to skate and just personally it was going through a couple of relationship things and i was just like uh and i just kept pushing skating because i had to skate whatever but the wind kind of blew me onto the deck i did a kickflip indie uh what i wanted to do is uh, a kickflip indie three off the the, the 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 70 foot jump you know for my run i wanted to do this uh land off the 70 footer and then do a big kickflip mini three it's always kind of in my head and when you're on vert if you ollie before the the the, the vert comes because you have you can have that anxiety and you can pop out before the vert you end up going towards the deck right yeah so you because you've missed the whole vert so you the vert's going to keep you away but you pop before you know, it's now you have to really kind of ollie. So I just anticipated and the wind was blowing that way. So I just kind of popped in and then the wind blew me in. And then when I'm coming around, I was like, got to hit. So I kind of stretched out as much as I could, but I hit my foot and rolled my ankle, my left ankle on the, on the coping and then just grab my, like, like the, the, the bone, the backbone, the cox bone. Right. And then, um, my arm and it just kind of went numb and i was just like in crazy pain it was just straight to the the, the coping right on like i just was bad and then that it was like but here's that story came like a whole nother which was like dude i hit like that and man this was like tuesday and it was so painful uh, you know i was in a wheelchair um and that night i had to get some painkillers and i was just like got in this cab and the, and the, the pharmacist was super far and it was like so painful I was trying to tell the guy but he's like you know going through the hubs and i was just like ah like screaming you know and i'm like oh my gosh this is insane grab the painkillers had it the next day i'm on the wheelchair and i call my guy and i was like dude the contest is on friday you know and he's like what happened i was like dude this 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 and this so he came over my ankle was super swollen. My back was where I could barely even like to get off. It was like wheelchair. And he's like, dude, if you want to skate on Friday, you got to dip the wheelchair and we, I'm going to come here every day. And I got a couple of things that I'm going to tell you to do. I'm like, all right, took the wheelchair. And then I was like forcing the walk around. And then like, he's working on my ankle, like just some excruciating pain to get all that, the juice away. And then my back. And it was just like every day I was working, we're doing all the squats and doing all stuff just in so much pain like but i was like at the whatever eighth or tenth floor uh, of the hotel and the mega ramp was down you know but it was at the la staples center area there but it was outside but it was outside so i could see the ramp and i could see the skating and i was just in so much pain working and it was like wednesday thursday and it was every day i did this like it was just so everything was insane and then on friday 
I woke up and I was like, oh, I did my sets. So I was like, I think I can, you know, squat up and there. And I went and skated the event, made it to the finals, you know, in so much pain. I can barely like it was like so harsh, man, just to squat, just to get on my board. And then uh, the, made it to the finals, got my run in the finals, won the event. And I was just like, got, you know, whatever, woke up the next day and I couldn't walk just couldn't move couldn't but it was my brain immediately it was it gave me a goal like you know the, of, of like ah no duh, just went through the most amazing pain the most it was created most of the harshest slam and then to like actually you know win the gold was just insane to me to this day when i tell stories like that i don't understand like how i was to what i went through what i did to then you know to look back into this this story but the that's how the the power of the, you know, what you have and what you hold on, you know, cause once that was it, like I woke up the next day, my body, my brain, my body had given everything it could, it, it could, didn't have anymore, you know, but I've used, you know, and it was like, Hey, yeah. I was thinking I was going to skate the vert contest because I was like, Oh, I skated this and I couldn't, you know, didn't, didn't work. But that was, that was one, that was one of the, the, and then the other one was breaking my face at the same event. It was like broke the nose four places in the eye socket. And that was harsh too, but I didn't get knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's like mega man. Mega can be intense. That's like the epitome of like that thrasher mindset. Like I've, I just, dude, I hands, hands up to you, flowers, all this stuff, hats off to you. Like (laughs) freaking thrasher, man. Like thrash the body, thrash the mind, thrash the soul, build it all up just to go out and do it again. (laughs) You know, like full on legend. Hey man, appreciate that. But you got to want it, right? Like if you don't, if you, you know, usually skateboarding snowboarders, if you like the first time you get hurt, if you stop, there's probably another priority. Maybe you're a drummer, you play guitar and you don't want to hurt yourself because you're, because you get priorities in your life and what you love to put out. You know, if you get hurt and you can't, you, the first thing you think of is your thought, which is like, when can I snowboard again? When can I skate again? When, you'll never stop. It don't matter what injury, because now you've already through that hoop of like, uh, okay, this is going to take how long? So you're looking, you're looking ahead to skate, you know, and not like, I don't want to get hurt again because that's, you know, it's going to happen. Life is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you can walk yeah. across the street. Dude, I ride, I ride my motorcycle in Rio and, <laughs> you know, I do all these things in my life. And oh, that man. to me is the, mo- the, the, the most dangerous. <laughs> Out of skydiving, flying planes and all those, I mean, helicopters, that is high risk. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> that is, is, is dangerous. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, don't look at the if it's going to happen, but more or less, it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if, but Just when. be ready for it to happen. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, with that, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's bring this plane down. Bob, I know you had an event here in an hour and a half. Man, we really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us today. This was perfect. So much more I want to talk about, but uh, uh, hoping we can do something like this in the future. Maybe get you in some more X spaces, uh, hanging in for the sure. Discord. Love it, man. Love it. Just thank you and Keith, thank man. You guys. Thank you as well. Yeah, thanks, Later. Bob. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah.